Welcome to American Underground, a source of independent music, comedy, spoken word, and other performing arts from around the United States. This time, poets Shelley McClear and Cole Serrar joined us, along with a live audience at Clubhouse Jaeger in Minneapolis. Club Jaeger is home to American Underground as well as Punk, Funk, and Junk. Every first Saturday of the month, Patty Costello and Billy Morissette from Dillinger 4 team up on the turntables to play records from their personal collections. Support for our live shows also comes from Sociable Cider Works, brewers of craft ciders, apple grafts, and beers in Northeast Minneapolis. And now, live from Clubhouse Jaeger, this is American Underground. Our next performer uh, is just visiting town. You can find her on Facebook under Shelley the Poet. Please welcome Shelley McClear. Hi folks, um, it's great to be back in one of my favorite places in the world. Um, people do ask why I left Ireland um, to come to Minneapolis. I love it here. So um, yeah, if you want to return the favor, I have a spare bedroom, so you're welcome to come visit. Um, I'm going to do a couple of pieces. My first piece is um, my homage to, to the Twin Cities, and of course if you're talking about the Twin Cities, and I'm kind of into my retro stuff. I did a bit of research about uh, your history here, and this is called Moonshine on the Mississippi. You might get some of the references. Moonshine on the Mississippi, speak easy as the sun goes down. Moonshine on the Mississippi, let's take this business underground. There's a twinkle of Dapper Dan in your Irish eyes tonight. Turn the key in my ignition, but don't blow me out of sight. Romance me in the moonlight, let's get this city wet. I'm a 76 percenter down on Nicolette. Moonshine on the Mississippi, speak easy as the sun goes down. Moonshine on the Mississippi, let's take this business underground. You say 13's your lucky number as you're turning up the heat, out for hollyhocks and ham to go sweep Junior off his feet. Big Tom will take the check, so it'll all be sweet when we're squeezed right up together down on Vernon Street. Moonshine on the Mississippi, speak easy as the sun goes down. Moonshine on the Mississippi, let's take this business Take this business, take this business underground. Okay, for my next one, I might need a little help. Uh, we did try to introduce a double bass, as I noticed some big sexy instrument up here on the stage a little while ago, but that's not gonna happen, so you guys might need to help me be my double bass. 
Um, and there's a little bit where you simply need to be able to go boom, 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 boom. That's easy enough, right? Okay. I want to see the hips going too, by the way. It's no good just sitting there going boom, 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 boom. That's not sexy at all. So boom, 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 boom. You ready? Boom, 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 boom. Oh, you look great. Bit more wiggle. You'll know when it's time to join in. I want to swing like Louis, I wanna sing like Ella, wanna watch Paul Robeson, be a big fella, wanna bring up baby with Cary Grant, who's the fool is gonna tell me that I can't. Boom, 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 great. I want to come to the Casbah in 1938, breathe in Hedy Lamar and my Algerian fate. I want to smoke a pack of camel like the doctors do, inhale like a professional in 32. I want to be the happy family who all eat lard, hold my fingers to my arteries and feel them getting hard. To eliminate the excess, I want that tapeworm in a jar. There'll be no such thing as a bite too far. I want to swing like Louis, I wanna sing like Ella, wanna watch Paul Robeson be the big fella, wanna bring up baby with Cary Grant, who's the fool is gonna tell me that I can't. Boom, 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 better. I want a sun lamp for my baby, for her poor pale skin. She looks sickly in the shadows, burn those vitamins right in. I want to wash with Lysol for my husband's sweet delight, disinfect my ladiness for long, hygienic nights. I want to swing like Louis, I wanna sing like Ella, wanna watch Paul Robeson. Be the big fella, wanna bring up baby with Cary Grant. Who's the fool who's gonna tell me that I can't? Thank you very much. Shelly McLear, everybody. Thank you again for coming to American Underground. Our final act of the night, our headliner, Ms. Cole Sarar, is a hermit but will likely be found at cheap theater sometime this year. Please put your hands together for Cole Sarar. Hi, friends. Um, so I grew up in South Dakota, and uh, so a lot of nature shows up in my writing. This is called Dogs at the Door. There are days that you dream of the fields just past the swimming pool on the edge of town. The grains would wave on the hills like the earth dreamt of being the ocean. And in that moment where you hung in the air above the water, the arc of your leap from the diving board having reached its apex, your arms extended like an, an airplane's wings, your back arched, your toes pointed behind you. In that moment, you stopped time and looked around, memorizing the world from the highest point in town just above the lifeguard's chair. The dogs used to race rabbits through those fields, 
lose them and come bounding out of muddy spring sprouts, summer high stalks, brown leaves and harvested rows and, and snowdrifts, while you watched your breath hang in the early morning air, completely still, like you could walk past your own exhalations. In off months, orange and yellow leaves would collect in the deep end of the drained pool. Squirrels would race across the concrete floor, paying no heed to the painted lines. The birds would scold you for bringing the dogs past the pool in autumn, hop along the peeling paint on the back of benches outside the baby pool. There was a horse, there on what used to be the edge of town. An old gray and white mare who was not very friendly, but lived in a large fenced-in property near the swimming pool and the big blue bus barn and the football field. October nights when you were falling asleep in your bunk bed, you would hear the announcer from across town proclaiming the names of young giants. They would tear down the crow's nest where the, uh, 20 years later, flatten the hills behind the, fattened fields behind the hill where the squat bathhouse sat like a fort. And this year's young giants will run and jump and tackle where once a golden retriever chased pheasants and deer. And you will dream of those fields, those hills waving like land was liquid, seeing the wind trace shapes across the corn, the sky a pale dome of blue, the moon tiny and white, reminding of you of your own tiny paleness how you are a kernel of corn on South Dakota's face, and how you wave in the wind and look like the sea under timeless heavens bigger than they have in the city. And maybe you sit next to the window, dreaming of those fields like a dog at the door, knowing the place you remember must exist somewhere. Uh, this is called Where We Live and Die. We'd wanted a cat for some time, so when the dead came back, we were pleased to have a transparent feline take up residence in the overstuffed chair. There were many old and sick ghosts in bedrooms of apartments and houses like ours, coughing and moaning all nights, torturous reruns of the days they'd suffered, children and drunks in the streets and us never knowing whether to swerve around them or just drive through to avoid further accidents. We were lucky. We spent a lot of time at home after the dead came back. We called the cat Millie, put pillows on the chair, made tea, and waited patiently for our own bodies to crumble away. Okay, this is called Last Snow. And uh, we may have had it this morning, right? <laughs> and this must be what it feels like to really be in love. Not some passing flutter of lacy flakes that balance perfectly on the tips of green grass blades. Not some nighttime shimmer in streetlight only to melt with the noonday sun. It is being snowed in. There are mornings I want to stay in my warm bed, knowing that it is piled up against the screen door and glazed over my windshield, making it tough work to see exactly what is going on out there. And I want to drive fast, just get through it. But the more I pass the gas pedal towards the floor mat, the more my heart fishtails in the intersection, and the more likely I am to spin out of control and find myself wrecked in it. And being wrecked is not pretty. By daylight, 
It is blinding. Nothing looks like it used to. This bare ache of leafless branches and gray skies has become some sort of holiday greeting card. Unbelievable and dreamlike. I don't want to go out in it. My footsteps and shadow would only sully it. But if I keep my distance, it might always be pristine and perfect. By night, it howls past walls, shakes my old window panes, keeps me up late. Or is immense and quieter than you can imagine. I wake sleepless at 3 a.m., watching now amber, now red, now green by the stoplight at the corner. It is falling like astronauts to the moon. Slow motion floaters. It calls me like the Pied Piper, undisturbed before the plows. I will rise and dress like a subnabulist. I will walk out into it. I will see the city lit up and empty, washed clean with my lover. I will not feel alone. It will cover the sidewalks and playgrounds. Every park bench and doorstep will belong to me, the snow, and 3 a.m. And I will grow tired of it. I will slip and fall, and it will hurt or be embarrassing. I will tire of how it grasps at my fingertips, how it waits by my window, or sits at my doorstep muddy and kicked like a hungry mutt. I will dread going out in it. All those idiots out there, driving like they've never been in love before. There's too much of it out there, in great unwanted mounds in Walmart parking lots. We will push it from our sidewalks. We will brush it from our cars. We will agree this much is a burden and wish for warmer climates. And then I'll find myself waking at 3 a.m., Sometime in late March, heart and lungs swollen, sleepwalking into my hat and mittens. It'll settle on my eyelashes. My cheeks will grow pink. It will tell me that it forgives me. It understands. It just wanted to see me one last time before it had to go. Uh, this one's for Will, because he said he liked rhyming poetry. I wasn't going to read it tonight, and I haven't ever performed it before, so if I stuttered before, this is going to be worse. This is called, uh, this is a Sistina. It's called Upon an Ancient Bracelet. Upon an ancient bracelet, engrave my memory. Something lost, oh, I don't know if this actually rhymes, Will, I'm sorry. It's a Sistina anyway. It's a formal, poet, fo formal poem. Oh. <laughs> All right. Upon an ancient bracelet, engrave in my memory something lost to dust. We had reason before to raise a glass, but a storm swallowed my lover wholly. Though the ships of her body never seize or pitch, age has shocked her black mane with steel, and she looks right through me. I steal moments in her presence, her grave smile and all that hair, silver strict pitch, 
Magdalene the Grey follows me in the dust, but I follow her, leaves me in the dust, but I follow her from bar wine to holly, or to holy water, uh, tavern to graveyard behind stained glass. Death follows her. His scythe shines like glass. I can see him reflected in her, her sword's polished steel, that bickersome blade that once left my dress holy. Death intends to bring Magdalene to her own grave, to turn her ebony to paler dust. I try to warn her, but Magdalene cannot hear my pitch. Woman in the night, beneath heaven's pitch, heart rest in peace, Bo my body broken like glass. Death stalks Magdalene, my breath is but dust. Please, former lover, unsheathe your steel, look up from wilt flowers and this new torn grave. There in the church light, ringed like the holy, something occurs which I do not understand wholly. Death stands to join my lady, standing on the pitch overlooking this plain stone, this fresh grave. The name on the stone stabs me sharp as glass. It was me this, that plague and scythe came to steal. Knowledge grinds me ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Burn me and yet something shines in all this dust. She regrets not our love, mangled and holy, unbroken Magdalene, backbone of steel, though our love would bite and pitch, still comes from the bar with liquor in glass to pour this libation at my grave. Dust will gather on any shelter you pitch, and no life is holy when preserved beneath glass. Death can't steal what can't be buried in my grave. So this, I'm a big nerd. Raise your hand if you knew that I was a big nerd. Ah, yes, there's some folks that knew. Great, I'm glad to hear that because you're just about to hear a very nerdy poem. So uh, I wrote this poem for a, specifically for a show that was, that was themed hunger. Um, and I introduced this piece by walking, um, by talking about the hormone leptin, uh, which induces feelings of satiety and which is existent on, at levels uh, proportional to body fat and cholesterol in the bloodstream. I talked a little bit about the neuropeptide Y and how feeling of fullness is being filled and that hunger is often thought of the opposite. Uh, we think of it as a lack, an empty chair at the table, a silence, the enormous vacuum of outer space. In truth, it is a chorus of voices growing in our veins, a hormone called ghrelin. Ghrelin begins in soft, humming baritone, low under the fullness of your belly, and it remains there, groaning happily like a generator to which one has become accustomed in the factory of the body. As we digest calories and fats, sugars, salts, and proteins, the hormone is the softest cello. One note under the dance of gastric acids and muscle, food enters the small intestine, which draws nutrients into the blood and sweeps them through the liver. It is at this point that the snare begins. Brum, bum, bum, bum. Chorus joins voice by voice. Hunger is not want. Hunger is not emptiness, it is a rising tide which launches the ships of learning and memory. As digestion continues, Graylin sings. 
Hunger for love is not your empty arms. It is her voice ringing in your ears, a sound you cannot silence even in her absence. Want of knowledge is not void and blank page. It's the thrum of hundreds of questions for which there are armies of answers. Hunger is not an ache in your stomach. It is violins and trumpets in your veins, tenors and altos, bass drums in your head. It is, want is not an unfilled jar. It is a chamber orchestra playing something so overwhelming that you must fight the urge to stand from your seat and sing. Where Rosemary stands, she melts the snow. I, behind kitchen curtains, tea stains, the sink, puckered fingers. Washing machine boils or grumbles happily, pot boils, dirty linoleum, Jesus loves potato soup, thick and creamy, Midwestern. Jesus sees to the heart of your rue, knows the falseness of it, Slick olive oil where the butter should be. The guests at your table may not taste the almond milk, may accept vegetarian sausage and feel warmed by your bowls, but Jesus knows. <laughs> January 2nd, flakes like 10 years ago, weather like Bauhaus on the radio in the little station wagon barreling down Snelling Avenue, eyes painted black, spiked wrists, so domestic of you, Rosemary's shoulders pile with fluff pajama pants at 7 p.m., you little homemaker, stir the pot, Jesus sees the spirit of your supper, Jesus knows. Thank you all for coming. This has been American Underground, made possible with support from Clubhouse Jaeger and Sociable Ciderworks in Minneapolis. Our guests this week were Shelley McClear and Cole Serrar. Next time, Cole joins Shannon Paul, William Spotted Bear, Dream of the Wild's Jay McKinney, and me, Rob Callahan, for a panel discussion on finding safe space as entertainers. Until then, thank you for listening.